Hello and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis, the review show on Saturday at three. My name's Andrew and I'm joined tonight to discuss a very good Rangers win over Sparta Prague with one of my very favourite podders, Kenny. How you doing, man? I'm really good, mate. I hope you're well. Enjoyed that last night, yeah? I certainly am. Yep, Rangers Europa Nights, it's like they never left. It's very exciting at the moment. And um, yeah, I think at least for the first 45 minutes, Rangers put in, I think, what Phil certainly described as what he would want as, you know, the kind of standard of football going forward. Yeah, listen, we were were absolutely on fire on that first half. It it was great to watch. Very fast, free-flowing attacking football. Exactly what we will all want to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. I think I don't want to go through the game in um, in depth because you know I just I can't be bothered really. Um, <laughs> but um, you know we'll want to talk about you know, the kind of key moments for this. Uh, let's just start off with the team first of all. Um, getting to be a relatively familiar lineup at this point. Butlin in goals, Tav, Goldson, Davis and Barisic along the back. Jack and Lundstrom holding, Cantwell, Lammers and Seema as the attacking mids and then Danilo up top. Obviously a couple of these changes are enforced. Uh, Ridvan and uh, Balogun both not in the Euro squad so for having to drop out. Scott Wright picking up that injury as well and you know if we even flash back a month ago who'd have thought that Scott Wright picking up an injury would suddenly be something we were concerned about but all in all I mean I was quite happy with that team when it came out. How about you Kenny? Yeah I I was too. Um, The the only question I had uh, before the press conference was about whether Scott Wright would start and where he would play Lammers or Cantwell, or would he mm-hmm. play both or drop one? Or, uh, so, no, I, I actually was totally expected Lundstrom and Jack to be the the kind of pivots, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. And they, I thought they both played well. You know, you and I were in, are involved in a group chat, aren't we? Where there's been a bit of a debate going on about about that, but I thought I thought the children played quite. Jack in particular, I thought played really well, but uh, I thought Lundstrom was pretty decent last night as well. I've got to say, I think the fact that even with that game, and Lammers has been much malented in the past, but even he didn't have a particularly awful game either. And that might just be because he didn't, you know, have an opportunity to shoot on target and balloon it over the bar or something like that. <laughs> but nonetheless. I don't think anyone in that lineup had a particularly bad game at all. In fact, I think all of them were pretty well effective, especially given the jobs that the manager had been asking them to do. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the performance, I think certainly for that first 45, I don't think we could have asked for a lot more. And we certainly started off that game looking like we were in the mood uh, inside about six minutes. Campwell's got a cross shot that comes through. Campwell's playing on the right for this game, which is a little bit unusual. I think typically he tends to be centre or left, but he's playing out on the right. He throws a ball in and Danilo is like an inch away from getting a boot onto it and getting our first goal. That's six minutes in, so we've certainly started with authority and um, in the right way too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even before that, we, we you could tell there was a, an intent about Rangers, a real purpose about the way they were playing. Uh, I thought Cantwell did really well there. I think he's actually, if anything, Andrew, he's probably hit it a little bit too hard because he smashed it right across goal. Uh, but I, in saying that, I don't know if he's if it's that kind of when I say a cross come shot. Do you know that way you you smash it across 
the six yard box and and if it you know and head you know aim towards the far post and if it goes in all good, if not mm-hmm. hopefully there's somebody on the end of it. But I just thought it was a little bit too hard. I thought Danilo was at, <laughs> was never going to make it. Put it that way. But yeah, a, a great start um, where we looked. As I said, uh, a team with a mission, and that was to win that game last night. It was really good to watch. For sure, for sure. I think what was really good to see is that in the past we've seen when we've had opportunities that don't come off, the heads can drop a bit, but they certainly didn't hear. Five minutes later, Danilo capitalises on what, let's face it, is a really poor error from uh, from their defender, Gomez. He makes an absolute ass of this one, I think, gets caught in two minds about whether he wants to play it back to the keeper or try and boot it up the park. In the end, he doesn't do it either. Danilo gets onto the ball and, I mean, this boy's turning into a real clinical finisher for us because he slots this one away with no problems whatsoever. And Ibrooks goes pretty well nuts for him as well. And yeah. I think one of the good things that I really, really enjoy about watching Danilo play is that he looks like he's enjoying it. He soaked up that atmosphere fantastically well. Maybe hinted some exciting developments in his personal life there as well with his celebration. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, but very exciting and very good to see that opening goal, especially you know only eleven minutes in. So great opening start for me. Yeah, look, he, he does really really well, Denny Lord. Now you're you're totally right that the, the boy turns back on himself, isn't it? See, when you're in that situation, it, it, it's quite incredible to watch the amount of, you know, players that are nervous or whatever that will do that. And they turn right back on themselves and almost, he almost turned right into Danilo, didn't he? It was, it was crazy, uh, a crazy decision. But from there, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, there's only one thought in Danilo's mind and that is drive forward and stick it in the corner. And he takes it with aplomb because he's he, he's so calm, um, mm-hmm. and he just passes. He just strokes it. He opens up his body a little bit and just passes it into the corner. The keeper's not got a prayer and a, a terrific start. And as you say, clinic, very clinical, uh, mm-hmm. and and completely out of nothing. Um, and you could tell even at that point, part of Prague's heads had got already gone a little bit. It was it was you could tell they were not enjoying. Uh, the experience of playing at Ibrox on a Thursday night, put it that way. No, absolutely not. A few, few people do, I think. Um, no, exactly. Apart from us, we really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't have long to wait for the second goal there either. Uh, Campwell uh, gets on the end of uh, just a fantastic pass across the field from Danilo. Uh, again, doesn't look like he's been a player who I think it's fair to say has not been in top form. Uh, over this season so far, but he slots this one away really well as well. And we're 2-0 up, 20 minutes have played. Things are looking exceptionally good for us at this point. Listen, uh, that was Cantwell's best game for us this season by by a country mile for me. You know, I thought he was very, very good last night. Um, but it all stems, I mean, it, um, the thing is, I'm sure it starts with Butland, it goes to Goldson really quickly who also gives it forward right away to 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 Lundstrom. Lundstrom takes a couple of, I think it's one or two touches, and he's, he, mm-hmm. he leathers this ball 40, 50 <laughs> yards. He, he, he absolutely leathers this ball about 50, 55 yards, whatever. It's, um, I mean, it's similar to the old crossballs that Goldson used yeah. to and still does. Um, you know, he, he's definitely taken the, uh, the lessons from him. 
uh, it was really good to see because it's that it's that switch up of play that we've we've not really been accustomed to we used to pretty standard we're only going to do this one thing and pray that it works seeing that variety in the build-up was really good to see yeah uh, there's a slight difference with it because the uh, the the those long balls that the, the midfielders are playing, if you like, they're, they're hitting an area. They're actually just looking, there's Seema there. He's a mm-hmm. big lad, he's got a decent touch, uh, and they're just leathering it up to him. Uh, and I thought Seema was probably my man of the match last night, actually. I thought he was tremendous. But he takes a cracking touch uh, and gets up, you know, gets in front of the defender. Plate lays it off to Danilo, and as you say, a brilliant cross ball uh, to Cantwell. It just takes the, the 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 pass from Danilo takes two or three of their defenders out of the game completely. It's, it's a brilliant ball, um, and Cantwell just again finishes with a plum, doesn't he? It's just a cracking finish. He just checks in, checks inside, and strokes it away in the corner. Brilliant, really, really good goal. Uh, and all of it, it was it was the speed of it for me, Andrew. Mm-hmm. The, from from goalie to to defence to midfield to strikers, just bang, 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 bang. And it's the marked difference that you can see in this Rangers team. There is a proper intent to get that ball up that pitch really, really quickly. Uh, and it's brilliant. It's great to see. One hundred percent, mate. I think the um, the way that we had started, the way we continued to play for that first forty five, and as I said at the start, that this is the kind of level that we want to see. Big Phil said as much in his post match that you know it was really good to see that for the first forty five. He wants to see it over the ninety, which is probably a hint as to how the second half goes. But I think it was it was a really effective play. Danilo and Campbell, Campbell playing on the right there looked more effective, I think, than he has in any other game. Um, so I think that that's a really good slot for him going forward, for sure. I think the the only downside was that we didn't really add any more goals during that period of dominance that we had in that first half. Uh, Danilo has a shot that comes off the outside of the bar, looks like a really good effort as well. Um, but unfortunately, we we don't manage to add to our tally. But it gets to half time and two nil, and we're up. You know, we're winning fairly comfortably. He's I don't think Spar had had a sniff of goal at this point. 45 minutes into this tie, Kenny, um, given how the game had gone over in in, uh, in Prague previously, that this was excellent to see and a really good position for us to find ourselves in our half-time. Oh, totally. Uh, listen, if anything, honestly, if we had been in three, four, maybe even five up uh, in that first half, because... You know, Cantwell's had a shot, the keeper saved with his feet, we've hit that post, we've had Seema had a target, a shot and target, Cantwell had another shot, the keeper's parried around the post, uh, we we were peppering their goal, it was great, uh, but they, they didn't cope with us at all, um, at middle to front, they did not cope with us at all last night in the, the, that first 45, um, and I, I, it was, I, I was quite surprised, because uh, I'm going to be honest, Andrew, that having watched the first game and then obviously I'm going to come to the second half, they're a decent side. Oh, uh, for sure. So you know, it's we've got to we've got to laud when it you know when it's fair, and I, I actually genuinely do think that uh, Rangers were exceptional in that first half. They were really good. Um, it's best I've seen them all season. That first forty-five by a by a long, long distance. 
And as mm. you said earlier already, there, there was no nobody on the part that didn't have a half-decent game. Uh, excellent. <laughs> Honestly, Andrew, I, I'm <laughs> still buzzing. No, and uh, listen, I think um, you can see the crowd responding to that as well. Rangers, Ibrooks on Europa League nights are always quite special. Um, but you could see the crowd buying into this as well. Given how poisonous the mood was amongst the support barely even a month ago, it's really good to see that buy-in. And it's something the manager's spoken about as well, you know, rebuilding that relationship between the fans and the team, uh, giving the fans a reason to believe and, and enjoy watching their team play as well. Which, let's be honest, you you always want to do in general, but you need to have a reason for it. And at the moment, this Rangers team is certainly giving us reasons to uh, to start getting behind them and maybe start getting a little bit optimistic about the future even, crazy as that might be. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you, a lot of this, uh, and <laughs> bear with me because I'm away on one here, but um, right. <laughs> um, it's about body language, I think, a lot of the time, Andrew. Uh, you can tell uh, that the players are buying into Philip Clement. You can tell that they are working really hard behind the scenes because it's so different. And that is all that Rangers fans, I think, have ever really wanted to see, is that commitment, uh, that aggression, that that um, that that will to win, that commitment to, to, to get that win. And when you start, when you're in that stadium, Andrew, and you're watching Clement, he's he's incredible. He's up and shouting and bawling and screeching and moaning at fourth officials. Uh, every mm-hmm. single decision that goes against Rangers, he's in the fourth official's face. It's brilliant. Um, yep. But it's about body language. You know, you've got a guy that has obviously got an aura about him, and Clement, he's got a a presence there. Um, that you can tell the players instantly have gone, right, okay, this guy's to be taken seriously. Um, then that's all that Ibrox is looking for, isn't it? it it's just... Oh, sure. That is it. It's just a togetherness that instantly has happened from the minute he came in. Now, again, but we've got to temper that by turning around and saying, look, nobody's getting carried away. It's a good win last night. It's a good start for Clermont. The players are looking... Uh, much sharper and uh, much more committed to, um, as I say, winning games of football here where previously it was so slow and laboured and, you know, it'll come. It was the mentality almost, that the mentality Mm -hmm. is, that mentality has been shot to pieces and that mentality is, no, you drive, you you get forward for 90 minutes. Yeah. And that's all coming from the one guy, mate. It really is. It's all coming from Clement. You can tell. He, I've, I have bought into this guy already, big time. I have <laughs> to say, I think he's superb. I know. I know. We had Dave's Deirdre Barlow situation earlier, <laughs> where he's he's been hurt before and he's reluctant to trust again. But I think we're, we're certainly we're certainly getting all the right signs at the moment from this manager, and uh, the the fact that the team have responded so well so quickly, I think is a really good sign, as well. Um, if we look at you know how the form of some players has improved, how cohesively the team is playing now, how quickly we're playing, and how aggressively we're playing as well it's just it's really good to see and I'm totally there with you Kenny in terms of you know caveat with it's only been six games so far it's early days 
we, we, you know, haven't come up against, you know, a real stern test. I think the Hearts game aside, where we went 1-0 down, but even at that, you know, the fact that there's, this team kept fighting it until the end and managed to get the win, which I don't think after that first one had gone in, anyone would have expected. The fact that you are seeing the team responding so well to this manager is really encouraging. And as me and my old man were saying to each other last night, you know, we um, we haven't even seen him bring in his own players yet. We haven't seen him really even have an extended period where he's been able to get this team out of the training pitch and, and you know, start instilling into them some of, you know, what he wants to be achieving and doing. So I think we have to be cautious in our optimism, of course, because we have been hurt before. But the signs so far do look very promising. Yeah, they do. Um, he is starting, though. You can tell, you know, he, at the fan forum the other night, he was talking about, you know, maybe one or two additions to his backroom staff, uh, his coaching team. Um, the new uh, head of the academy has come in. He's Belgian. Uh, Zurab, what, I can't remember the boy's name. It, it escapes mm-hmm. me. Um, and you can, you can bet your backside here that, you know, there is a complete overhaul going, over, going on here, and those players uh, are very. You can tell with them that these guys are very much being assessed, and yeah. he will he will know exactly what he wants. And depending on uh, the the availability of cash here, you know, come January and and Biscroft had talked at the fan forum about how we will be in profit again this year. Um, there will be some money available to him, Andrew, but. The squad's quite bloated, but this is the one thing that I actually, it was my son that mentioned it to me, and I I actually thought, you know, I hadn't really considered that, but you can tell with what he's been talking about, Andrew McClellan, I'm talking about, uh, in terms of the injuries in this squad, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about this, but I get the feeling that, see, anybody injury-prone, uh, I don't think they're going to be there very long. Uh, I, I just get that feeling he's not for that at all. Um, I, I think I think that's that's definitely the thing, right? We, we've got a number of players who have been, for whatever reason, pick up injuries, stay injured, come back, then go back out injured again. Uh, I think in terms of the overall squad fitness, again, it's been something the manager has discussed at length. Um He's even said he feels more like a doctor sometimes in the in these press yep. conferences than a manager because of how much he's having to address this issue. But the problem is, it is a live factor. It is a major issue that we have at the moment in terms of keeping our players fit and contributing. So we we do have a few who are out of contract next summer. Um, we've still got a January transfer window as well, so there's opportunities for things to happen there. But certainly, I think he. I think we'll completely get the idea that you need to have a squad of players who are contributing. We've got some players who have been injured through no fault of their own, who have picked up freak injuries or, or what have you. But I think it's it's probably the more long-term sick note boys that um, might be wanting to get a little yeah. bit worried in terms of their positions. No, I think you're right. Uh, the, the, the one player that my son threw in the basket that kind of surprised me a little bit when he mentioned them, was Nicola Raskin, um, mm. where he actually said, listen, this guy's been here 10 months and he's been out four or five times already. And each time it's been for a few weeks, you know, a, yeah. a proper injury at a time. Um, and I was like, do you know, I hadn't really thought of that. He said, and it, 
not saying he will here. <laughs> my son, you know, but my, my, my son had pointed it out to me. He says, well, if you're talking about injuries, there's one. The, this guy is in and out of this team all the time with an injury. And, you know, going by the way Clermont is, uh, is speaking about these injuries, that'll maybe, that might be getting looked at as well. And I'm not saying he'll be away <laughs> before we get emails and stuff, but um, I'm just saying that he has been quite injury prone since he got here, hasn't he? So, no, I think I think that's an interesting point and valid as well. So, yeah, I mean, we, we have to see how ruthless this manager decides to be. I think he could be quite ruthless if he decides to be, certainly based on his performance in pretty much every other aspect of uh, management so far. But that's, that's a ways away. We, we've still got until January where we will have to work with this squad of players. So we'll cross that bridge, I think, when we come to it. Uh, let's move into the second half. There's... Obviously not a great deal to talk about from a Rangers perspective, Kenny, but I want to talk about a player that we haven't really spoken about at great length, uh, at least on this pod uh, so far, and that's Jack Butland. Because we, I think, having watched some of the highlights back for this game, in the second half, we weren't really under too much danger. You know, there's one or two instances where we looked a bit threatened, and obviously once they get their goal, things do look a bit nervier, but... What was reassuring and what I think calmed not only the support, but also the defence down a lot was Jack Butland in how controlled, how focused he was on keeping that clean sheet. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, he didn't get it. But I think in terms of keeping that goal protected, he was very, very effective. And I think ultimately we've we've got that initial period of the season under Michael Beale where we didn't really feel like any players had been successful. But the one notable exception to that was always Jack Butland. And since we've had you know, this revitalised kind of squad performance and this uptick in um, in behaviour from the outfield players, Butland has not exactly gone back into his shell. He has, if anything, looked more and more confident and has looked more and more effective for us as well. I'm, you know, obviously completely in love with him, uh, but he's been really, really performing excellently for us. And the fact that we kept that at 2-1, and I think for me, I didn't feel completely panicked at any real point during that because Butland has managed to provide that kind of calming presence. And it's been really good to see that we have continued this lineage of just excellent goalkeepers all the way through. And also we've continued to not pay money for them as well, which I think yeah. is, the, is the one aspect of Rangers transfer business over the past, what, three, four decades at this point that makes us look really, really good. Um, we're not spending money and we continue to just get world-class keepers. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I can remember speaking on this podcast months ago before he had actually officially signed, but we all knew he was coming. Um and I remember, I think it was Chris that had asked, you know, uh, a kind of quick question about what do you think about different signings of the Dijon Sterling and stuff like that. And, and I had said that I I, I genuinely believed that um, Jack Butland would be a, a great goalkeeper for us because he is a top-class goalkeeper. He's always been a top-class goalkeeper. You don't get games... Uh, for the, you, you know, for England uh, at that level, you don't go to World Cups with England without being a top draw goalie. Um, and listen, the, the the biggest compliment I could give to Jack Butland 
was a question that was asked to me, and I'll ask it to you, Andrew. Do you miss Alan McGregor? Asked me in the middle of last season, I would say I miss Alan McGregor because um, he was still there, but really damaging his own legacy. But, but I think what, that's the I point. Think isn't in it? terms of how well he's slotted in now, he fills me with the same confidence that peak Alan McGregor did do. You know, he's yeah. there to break the opposition team's hearts, and you know it's the same thing that Goran did to opposition teams as well. You know, I remember seeing Celtic fans with T-shirts that said Andy Goran broke my heart, and yeah. it's because. You had this keeper who, no matter how bad or how inconsistent a defence was, they would still be there as a brick wall to, you know, really ruin the day of the opposition. So the fact that we have Butland who's there and looks like he's in exactly the same mould as some of our, let's be honest, really lauded goalkeepers from the past. Yeah. I think I think there's no better thing to say than, you know, he has absolutely stepped up and filled in um, and, and slots into that lineage really well. And I think what's really good, and you know, I think this comes from the manager, absolutely, is that how humble he's been about that. Because he was asked specifically, you know, did he feel like he'd managed to, you know, fill the gloves of Alan McGregor? And he said, absolutely not. You know, it's still early days. I'm still, you know, only new, still getting to know the club. Now, if you ask us, we would absolutely be saying that. But I think it's the fact that he has been humble and said, you know, he doesn't feel like he's there yet. When you ask Big Phil, you know, how proud he is of the team and, and all of that, again, it's quite reserved. It's quite it's setting that expectation level back down and saying, we've not won anything yet. We've only produced this kind of level of performance, which should be the kind of standard for 45 minutes. I want to see it for 90. It's the fact that these guys, you know, amongst that leadership group are always aspiring to something better. There's no kind of resting on laurels here. I think if we get to the end of the season, we pick up all four trophies that we're in the competition for. Then, then I think Big Phil will be in a position to, um, to you know, maybe bask in the glory of it. But until then, the fact that we are keeping ourselves feet planted firmly on the ground, at least from the Rangers team perspective, I think that's a really good thing to see because ultimately you can be in a celebratory mood once you've won something. But until then, you know, you, you, you want to keep things just calm, just settled, you know? You're absolutely right. And I'll tell you, you know, a good point that you've made about that leadership group. Um, where you know, a month ago I was on here saying rip it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but I was literally I that needs emptied. Uh, I, I'm going to hang fire and, and look at <laughs> the. No, I, I'm being serious though. I know you're laughing with, with good reason because we've all got the right to change our mind, Andrew. Uh, of course. <laughs> But, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm right there with you, man. Like, but, I, I think that's the thing. You know, it's a foolish person who can't change their mind um, when they're presented with new information. Well, yeah. um, I know. I know some people have written off uh, John Lundstrom because you know he had a really poor spell. You, you can change your mind. You can say that a player's improved. It, it, listen, it doesn't do you any harm, right? Listen, Andrew. The simple fact is whether people like it or agree with it or not. In my opinion, in my opinion alone here. John Lundstrom's had a good season this season. He's yeah. playing well. He is genuinely playing well. Uh, I don't know what they expect of him sometimes, but <laughs> listen, it is what it is. But going back to that leadership group, very mm. interesting that uh, Philip Clement has um, has mentioned it in two or three of his last interviews mm. uh, where they're buying into his story. Um, they're 
taking it on board. And I think that must be making it much, much easier for him in terms of the entire squad. Where yeah. that, that, you know, and he's been gushing in his praise of Jack Butlin, isn't he? Um, yeah. And mentioning that he's a leader and he's in that leadership group and how there's strong voices in there. J- Ryan Jack, John Lundstrom, Jack Butlin, obviously Tav and, and Goldson. Uh, yeah. Goldson as well there. You know, so it, it's. It, I'm not getting carried away here, but it does look like exciting times because, again, Tavernier has, has been having a really pretty poor season this season until the minute this guy's turned up. Uh, yeah. Connor Goldson's the same. He's in, he, he, he seems to have went up another level and he's playing like the way Connor, uh, Connor Goldson was when we won you know, the league a couple of years back. He's playing at that level again. Uh, and it's good to see, and as I say, all that leadership group. Ryan Jack last night was excellent. He was absolutely excellent. Every one of that leadership group had a great game last night. And Butland, the biggest compliment I could pay Jack Butland at this minute in time is I just don't ex- expect anything savable in any kind of way to not to be saved. It's it's an incredible thing that, you know, if, if somebody hits, I mean, the likes of the goal last night, the boy's just connected perfectly with that. He's, what, eight, nine, ten, eight, nine, ten yards out, smashes yeah. it. He's not got a prayer. No, no keeper's saving that. So, you know, but apart from that t- type of goal, it, everything that's getting tossed at him, getting launched at him, he's, he's dealing with it with ease. It's great. Yeah. No, he's pulling off worldies of saves. It's been really good to see. As you said, uh, obviously, Sparta get back into this to a degree. 77 minutes and they get a goal. Just before that, though, we do have the uh, the substitutions, uh, or at least a substitution. It felt at this point like Sparta had already swapped out half their team. But <laughs> we um, we have Cantwell making way for McCosland. And what was really good to see is, obviously, we have some other strong, at least on paper, options uh, on the bench. You know, Dessas, Lawrence, um, Roof, Wright um, are all on the bench there. But it's uh, it's McCausland who gets the call uh, for the last 20 minutes. And, you know, let's be honest, it is it is a game where, you know, it, not, nothing's won until the 99th minute. It, it is, it, it is going to be that kind of thing where a goal does change the complexion of the game. The fact that McCausland is already in this position where he's already so trusted... The fact that it's Campwell who's coming off and McCausland comes in and does not look out of place at all. No, this it is, does not. I think this is his, what, second European game that he's played. Yeah. And already the kid looks like he absolutely belongs here. Um, slotted in really well, immediately started driving us forward. Uh, you know, if you want to look at players who are bought into what the manager's story is, he's definitely one of them because he was making things happen straight away. Um, you know, really good to see that. Um, unfortunately, they then get back into it. But what we did see after that was, as we've seen in the past, Rangers' heads can go down when we um, when we get a setback like that. If anything, I think our performance picked up after we conceded that goal. I think there's a real determination from that team to make sure we didn't lose that. And you saw it well, how effectively we managed to waste time for the remaining you know 13, 14, 15 minutes yeah. after the goal went in. You know, we were playing it into the corner. We did really well to kind of waste time. Jack Butler grabbing the ball and fall into the ground, you know, taking his time to, to get some uh, kicks away. Honestly, it was really good to see us kind of play the game smartly, where in the past we have seen heads go. We have seen these players, you know, 
allow themselves to get caught up in the moment. For this game, we saw us you know, really you know, commit to the idea, no, no, it's not that we don't want to lose, it's that we really, really want to win this. Exactly. It's about mentality and attitude, isn't it? Um, you know, the, the young boy, McCausland, come on, and the first thing he does, runs, gets past the player. Second thing he does, hits this through ball. Wonderful pass. Uh, mm-hmm. Nearly scored as well. But this is this is my point about the mentality. When was the last time we praised Rangers for their game management, Andrew? It, it must for sure. Be. We haven't actually, have we? We just we haven't done it for a long time. Their game management uh, recently has went up several levels, and last night was was that you know the the pinnacle of that. Where, as you say, we lost the goal and we just got better um, than we had been that entire that half. Uh, and as you say, that last 10, 12 minutes or whatever it was. We, that must have frustrated the shit out of Sparta Prague <laughs> because there was nothing they could do about it. Do you know that way that as a team, you, the game has just been totally stifled and killed by by another team and you yeah. can't do anything about it because we have a technical ability to be, to be able to do that. Um, and it's great to see. Um, and I was thoroughly impressed with young McCausland last night. I thought he was absolutely superb when he came on really good uh, and as I say it is that you know he's come on with an attitude but it's that mentality you can almost uh, you know uh, hear Clement saying to him when you get that ball head down go and run at them run mm-hmm. at them and that's exactly what he did so you know it's nice to see a young kid like that you know I know he's 20 he's not he's not a baby <laughs> here but um it's nice to see a, a boy like that come on in a, such a big game when it's, uh, as you say, when uh, shortly after they come on, they scored. But, you know, n- not being nervous, you mm. know, and you can just tell with all respect to the previous manager, you could tell um, if that boy was to come on uh, and the, 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 almost like the same scenario under Michael Beale. They'd have been passing the ball back, 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 back. Yeah, yeah. Trying to keep the ball, keep the ball, and it just makes everybody on the pitch and everybody in the stands that little bit more nervous, and it just filters through the air, and everybody's bricking themselves because, you know, if we make one mistake here, we're kind of done. Uh, yeah. And there was none of that last night, and and the crowd, you could tell, you you heard it in the TV, that the crowd just got up louder and louder and louder and the atmosphere was tremendous last night um, really good and as I say mate for me it is about that mentality and it was brilliant to see a young boy come on with that attitude as well completely agree um, we um, obviously you know we managed to see the game out we win 2-1 but it's worth noting the kind of subs that were made after that as well 85th minute we get Lawrence and Dessas coming on for Seema and Danilo um, and then the 90 plus 5 we get Sefuentes coming on for Lammers I mean I think the only other notable thing that happened was that Goldson picked up uh, an, a yellow card which will mean that he misses the Arisol Lima game uh, or the Aris Limassol game I don't even know what I said the first time um <laughs> But he, um, I think if we wanted him to miss one of these games, a home tie against Aris is probably the one 
that you can say, all right, we could probably lose Goldson out for that one. We should probably have enough in the tank to cope with it. Although, you know, we've been burnt before by Limassol, so we want to, you know, make sure we're careful enough. Listen, we've got we've got Ben Davis, we've got uh, John Suter, and we've got Leon King in the squad. Um, if the worst came to the worst and we had an issue with any of those three, you've got Lundstrom there that can play in there as well. So we have got some options, but you know it's not ideal. But I totally agree with you. I'd much rather lose them now than than you know for, for perhaps the game against Betis that that will yeah. determine whether we win the group or not. If we can get a result against uh, Limassol, which is no guarantee of that, obviously. But no, the way not. the way we're the way we are playing, I, I would fancy our chances very strongly to to you know do the business against them. Um, mm-hmm. Purely I mean, on what I've seen of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of how the group's shaking out now, we're we're um, sitting second there on seven points. Betis are on nine. Uh, with Sparta on four and then Limassol on three. I think this this result does, I think, almost guarantee European football post-December, Yep. unless we have a complete Western Supermare and uh, results elsewhere go against us as well. But re- I think the good thing is securing that European football and hopefully, well, as things stand, securing Europa League football after December – does stand us in good stead. I think this team does play better when it's in that cycle of Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sundays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's all good things. Uh, things are still moving in the right direction. And um, the, the manager was, as I said earlier, pleased with the performance, but it's that thing about wanting it for 45 minutes. So, um, so it's good, but as the manager says, it could be better, right? Listen, uh, again, it, it, was, it, it was highly noticeable that there was a drop-off uh, to a certain degree last night. But mm-hmm. you, we also have to be fair, and this is, this is you know, me just have a neutral head on here, you also have to be fair and understand that Sparta Prague must have walked in at halftime kind of shell-shocked. Mm-hmm. But they've got a manager that's going to tell them, listen, if you don't get anything out of this game, uh, we're not going to get through this group. Um, the head-to-head is going to mean that um, you're going to have to beat Betis and uh, Limassol, you know. And I'm not saying yeah, you'll be yeah, saying yeah. it exactly like this because football managers don't do that. But that that message will be get getting getting thrown at them. You need to get something out of this game. So mm-hmm. and they are a good side. Anybody that tells me that Sparta, and I've seen a few folks say that today, that <laughs> Sparta are not a good side. Wind your neck in. They are a very decent <laughs> outfit. Um, they are. They're a good side. I've, I've no, absolutely. Watched them. They're decent, um, and they've got some very tidy players. And the boy that plays it, and he wasn't highly effective last night. But that boy that I don't know what his name is. The boy that plays in the kind of left hand side for them, the left wing. He's a good player. That boy. He he he's going to go on better things. Um, but that's all I'm saying. That you, you know you you have to give an opponent credit. Philip Clement had already said that, that we won't dominate the 90 minutes because they're a good team. You mm-hmm. have to be aware. And the good thing I thought about the second half last night, Andrew, was that, yeah, granted we lost a goal, but we were, and granted Sparta were, were right back in the game as such, and they had, you know, plenty of the ball. Um, we were controlling the game. It was us that, you know, they weren't making many chances or anything like that, Andrew. 
uh, until they scored. They had one that a guy we had a header with, and I think he put it about 10 yards past the post, uh, <laughs> up until they scored. Um, and that was it. Then they had one chance, you know, and it wasn't even a chance. It was just a, the, the boys taking a, uh, you know, bought a lottery ticket to see if he hit one. You know, he hit one from, <laughs> from a distance and, and Butland's tipped out because it was a cracking strike and tipped, he's tipped it around the corner. But um, listen, I, I, again, it, it, it alludes to what Philip Clement has, has been trying to say about the fitness. There's something not quite right. Um, and you're not going to get that 90 minutes. The the next international break after Sunday's game is is going to be very interesting to see how we come back from that. Yeah. You know, where but, is he going to work on that fitness, I would think? Oh, completely, completely agree. Um, I, I think it has to be, right? You know, what you want as a manager is to have the most number of players available to you for the most games. Working on the fitness and getting more members of this squad back and ready, you know, getting Suter, Raskin, uh, maybe even a bit of Kamar Roof, although, you know, he's he's not actually a miracle worker, which we'll see. Um, but you want you want some of these players at least able to contribute, at least able to be in a position, because I think one of the things that I feel has exacerbated the injury situation is that we have sometimes been relying on a player to come back from injury playing them as soon as they're back from injury and expecting them to hit the ground running and do the business. And I think that can not help a player's recovery, forcing a player to come back and immediately be at 100%. But we've had to do that because, you know, very often we don't really have any other strong, solid options that we can use. So adding, you know, more depth to the squad in terms of bringing players back and allowing players to get a rest when appropriate, as opposed to having to sit out because they're injured, that can only be a good thing. We um, we are now going to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, from Ibrook's Europa League nights to the spaghetti hat on a wet and dreary <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got Livingston, uh, a team who we've faced twice already in this uh in this season and a team who we've twice beat 4-0 and that wasn't under this manager either so um, hopefully fingers crossed knock on wood all of that stuff you know we should be able to relatively comfortably get a result here but with the caveat that those two performances were back at Ibrooks. you know this is the first time uh, that we're going up there so we've talked this pitch to death in the past before but we know that it can be a leveller. It is something that Livy exploit. I'm hopeful we've got enough to do the business here, but what but, but say you, Kenny? Yeah, I actually agree with you. The, the, the thing that I've noticed that seems slightly different with Livingston this season is that normally they've got a player or two that will cause you bother. Um, the, the big boy Nubly last season had a, uh, had a cracking season last season. Uh, not started quite so well this one. Um He's got a habit, Martindale, of, of finding good players out of nowhere um, that turn up in our league and do really well, and they'll not they'll they'll get a move to a Hearts or a Hibs or a, an Aberdeen. Uh, there's none of that in this team this season. I, I don't think um, they don't have much about them now. That could be the kiss of death, couldn't it? Me saying that, but uh, the, the the point I would make is that the way we are playing at the minute. The last away game we had was away to Dundee, who are flying. They're playing well. Um, and we we swatted them away. We actually really played very well that night. Um, and if we get anything like that 
um, we'll we'll get the three points, Andrew. Um, purely on the basis, and I mean this with all respect to them, we've got we've got far far better players than they have. Go there, be as professional as we have been over the last few weeks, and we'll get a result, Andrew. And we'll get the three points and get down the road again. Um, and that's as I say, with all respect to Livingston, they're, they're, they've got this incredible habit. Uh, of sitting mid-table in our league year in, year out. They do really, really well. And I'm a big fan of David Martindale, but we, we've got a game to win and we have to win it. Uh, we have to keep going. Uh, and just, as Philip Clement has said, it's one game at a time. This is our next game and, and it's a must-win in this league, Andrew. We, get, we need to keep that, uh, that momentum going. Completely agree. Um Every game's a must-win when you're the manager of Rangers. It's why the name of the pod's uh, two, defeat from, two defeats from a crisis, because any single defeat and um, it becomes an issue. But mm-hmm. we've, got, we've got the tools. I think the, the players should have more than enough in the tank to um, to do the business here. So, um, <coughs> yeah, here's hoping they, <laughs> they uh, go ahead and do that. <coughs> Excuse me. As I said, we go into the international break after this. We are hopeful that we'll have a number of players back. Um, the manager talks specifically about Roof, Matondo, Suter, Raskin and Scott Wright all being back after the uh, international break. Those are estimates. They aren't firm commitments or anything, but it is um, it is where we're hoping to be. So the idea is, as you said, Kenny, get the three points, get down the road, get out there without any kind of disasters, any more injuries or, or anything else and, um, and go from there. But, it's an opportunity to continue to keep that pressure because there's still three old firms in this uh, season. There's still plenty to play for. We want to keep ourselves sharp and ready for the League Cup final as well. So mm-hmm. all we can do is uh, is keep pushing and keep going. Uh, and I'm hopeful we'll continue to do that. So not much more else to say. Obviously, uh, you know, we touched on Rangers' dominance of K-pop and, uh, you know, the massive <laughs> Korean market that we're going to be picking up as a result of that. Um, so in terms of any other news, not much more else to cover. Obviously, we'll, we'll have reaction to, you know, the result at Livy and uh, maybe we'll have just a little uh, kind of mini season wrap up thus far of how things have gone because it's, Kenny, I mean, to be honest, it's been a bit of a schizophrenic season thus far. We've, um, you know, we've had some highs. We've had some real lows as well. We've had two managers, um, but plenty to discuss uh, and kind of take maybe a longer term view over it as well. So, um, so yeah, I think that will be the plan for the post-Livy game. And then we're in the international break and uh, we shall see how things develop from there. Before we go. We are being sponsored uh, inexplicably by Pie Sports. Uh, links are in the description below for uh, for picking up some pies from them. Uh, use our discount code SAT at three. That's S A T at symbol and the number three for ten percent off. Um, tell them we sent you. Uh, helps the podcast grow. Helps them uh, believe that we are competent, uh, responsible individuals and not you know obviously the yahoos that you listen to every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we encourage you to go and check them out. We also encourage you to let us know your pies of the week as well. Uh, let us know who you think has been the biggest idiots in Scottish football this week, this month, and uh, we will put you into the draw for the pie of the month competition. Uh, what that means is that you will end up, if you win, getting a free slab of pies from our lovely friends over at Pie Sports. So uh, let us know either by Twitter or by email who your pies of the week slash month are. 
I think when uh, we get to the end of this uh, this month, we'll have a little wrap up because we still owe you guys one from October as well. So we should be announcing two winners uh, come the end of the month. And uh, I think in terms of the ones we've collected so far, we've got a couple of real belters. So um, it's going to be good for the, the boys to debate those. Yeah. Um, all links, as I say, are in the description below. So please do check them out. You'll also find links to the podcast pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts. We're on Apple Music, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Spotify. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, we are on pretty much every uh, social media platform going as well. We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Threads, we're on Twitter. I'm not calling it X Elon, fuck off. Um, we're, we're, we're all over the place. And uh, if there's a place that you can't find us, then let us know and we will get ourselves there for you to follow. Um, Honestly, every uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, uh, even comments uh, that we get all help the podcast grow, uh, all you know, validate to us that we're, what we're doing is good. So um, please keep that up. Please keep doing this. Let us know if you're enjoying it. Let us know what you don't enjoy about it. And we'll forward all the uh, negative feedback over to Chris because uh, it's usually him. Um, and um, yeah, there's there's not much more for me to do other than thank my lovely co-host tonight, uh, Kenny. Thank you very much, man, as always. No, thanks for having me on, Andrew. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And on Pie of the Week, if the answer isn't John Hartson this week, it's the wrong <laughs> answer. Uh, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but yes, we've had one or two people uh, suggest that he would be a good <laughs> fit. So, uh, yeah, don't worry. He's uh, well represented in that particular competition, for sure. um so yeah again thank you very much kenny and thank you to you guys for listening as well we do this for you uh you keep telling us you're enjoying it we'll keep doing it uh we will uh go to livy we'll hope to get a positive result there either way we will chat to you afterwards so until then bye for now